Closing this week's edition of Classical Guitar Alive, we've just heard Leo Brower's Concerto Grosso, performed by the Argentina Camerata of Guitars. You've been listening to Classical Guitar Alive. Classical Guitar Alive is broadcast worldwide thanks to the generous support of the Kadoski Foundation and Charles and Taco Parker, the Link Foundation and Mike and Patty Morgan, and thanks to a gift in loving memory of Adam Bratcher. Classical Guitar Alive is a nonprofit organization based in Austin, Texas, that reaches the world with its innovative projects, including this radio program, which is broadcast each week on over 200 stations and is heard worldwide on the web. Our other projects include our public television program for PBS stations nationwide, American Classic, and our music and medicine program presents classical music performances at no cost to audiences in hospitals and hospices. This project is supported in part by the Cultural Arts Division of the City of Austin Economic Development Department and by a grant from the Texas Commission on the Arts. Classical Guitar Live is produced at the studios of KMFA in Austin, Texas, with additional engineering support by Jeffrey Blair. If you'd like more information about the program, you can visit our website and listen online anytime, classicalguitaralive.org. I'm Tony Morris. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week for another edition of Classical Guitar Alive. The third annual Sierra Bigfoot Music and Art Festival. August 25th through the 27th. 24 bands in three days. Bands such as Ira Walker. Don't you be playing, cause I be the Neighborhood Sound. North Fork. Keith Burroughs Band. And many, many more. On Sunday, there's a Bigfoot Symposium with researchers from all around the country from 11 till 2 Sunday. 50 vendors, 24 bands, downtown Twainheart. The third annual Sierra Bigfoot Music and Art Festival, August 25th through the 27th, to Epperson Park, downtown Twainheart. You might, you might even catch a glimpse of Sasquatch. He's been seen there before.
welcome to the Enigma Hour with Captain Tiki, a.k.a. me, Olaf Phillips, and Dave Allen. Captain Dave, I'm calling him that now. Captain Dave, where are you? Captain Dave is off tonight. He is uh, preparing Bigfoot Fest. <clears throat> Apparently, he has a has an interview tomorrow. He'll, he'll, he'll be on TV. Me? I'm not on TV. I'm in the bunker. Yep. I'm in the bunker. Anyway, welcome to the show. This is the Enigma Hour, which is actually two hours. I'm Captain Tiki, a.k.a. Olaf Phillips, uh, broadcasting to you live from the dome, under the dome, deep, deep under the dome, on KAADLP-FM, 103.5 FM to be precise. I always screw that up every time. I'm working on it. Anyway, Dave's out tonight. Uh, he's prepping for uh, Bigfoot Fest. I think there's no better place for Dave to be than Bigfoot Fest. Uh, don't forget, as the promo said, I can play it again if you guys need, but I think we play it enough. Uh, it's this weekend, my birthday weekend. It's this weekend up at Epperson Park up in Twainheart. Uh, there's a lot of bands. I don't remember how many. It's like 24 bands or something crazy. And they have a big symposium on Sunday. Dave and I will be there. On Sunday, hanging out at the booth. We have a booth, the KADLP booth. We will be there. Come get your photo taken with Bigfoot. I have found Bigfoot. He's in a UFO. He's there. Come and get your photo taken with him. I have stuff. I have pens. I have pens, actual pens, and uh, some other stuff to sell to support the show and to support the station. Uh, we're going to have the, the Wheel of Fun where you can win free prizes. They're not that great, but they're free. Anyway, so like I said, Dave's out tonight, so I have a special guest. Uh, I was hoping Dave would be here so he could talk to this guy too. I in the, st- in the studio, I have the fantastic and famous, internationally renowned, world famous, Fortean adventurer, Chris Reeves. Or as we call him, Chris Reeves. So, so Chris, Chris is here in the studio with me. I thought we could have a multi-hour chit-chat. He doesn't know it's multi-hour yet. He thought it was one hour. <laughs> anyway, I thought we could talk about some of the crazy stuff that he's done. He's floated balloons at the edge of space. He's hung out on... In wild lands, gone Bigfoot. He saw Bigfoot with me. He was actually there when when I saw Bigfoot. He did the mathematical calculation to figure out how tall what we saw was. Yeah, sure, Mike is on. <laughs> well, with the We're professional like over that, here. I don't need any enemies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he 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 gets around. He's he's done the Rajneesh Ranch. We've got to talk Rajneesh. Yes, definitely. You know, we, cults, we, we do cults and the Rajneesh compound up in Oregon. Uh, Chris is from Oregon and uh, he used to hang out on the, it wasn't part of the Rajneesh cult. That, that you know of. That I know of. But he definitely found the Peace Force's sniper nests and he did a search for a mysterious cache of cash, gold, and weapons. And weapons. So maybe some other stuff too. So we'll, uh, We'll be discussing that as well. So, Chris, you know, I've known you for a long time. I think the first time we really hung out was when we were trying to find the Zodiac Killer. Right. So, coming down to Martinez. From That's Oregon. where I used to live. 
Right. So there was the was the hotel. No, right? no, no. It was the it was the office. It was the office of the local newspaper. Oh, that's right. The Martinez Gazette. That's right. Yes. We drove, I used to write for them. Did you? Yes. Okay. I wrote a column of weirdness. You? <laughs> <laughs> how how odd. So we, as, as far as me and my, my uh, traveling partner, yes. came down to search for, help you search for the, you know, the essence of the Zodiac Killer. And in our, in our search, we brought down a lot of equipment that, oh, yeah. was, that was built. built. Some of which was built by you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Trying, to, trying to figure out the best way to communicate to the fourth dimension, right? If, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, if if he's no longer with us, then how do you communicate? Well, yeah, it's it's a good question. Well, it's and it's a question that's been going around in paranormal circles for a long time. Right. And, you know, we, you know, when you get into ghost hunting, you use SB seven spirit boxes, DVR, yeah, all kinds. Of, well, what do, what do you use? So for me, uh, everything that I've designed, um, I built it off of the uh, universal constant. Um, okay. Everything, uh, in my opinion, everything that is real is based off of frequency, wavelength. Uh, everything you hear, everything you see, you know, light wavelength, sound wavelength. So how do you, how would you be able to communicate with something beyond the, the veil? Right. Well, in my opinion, it is wavelength. Sure. So it makes sense. So if you use wavelength and, um, you know, utilize it in such a way that maybe something outside of our perception, outside of our field of view, you know, maybe they could communicate in that fashion. Right. So That makes sense. So I always try to build things off of, you know, receiving wavelengths or emitting wavelengths. Right. Um, so when we went down there... It's uh, a lot of wavelengths. Yeah, more wavelengths than a, than a kiddie pool. <laughs> Okay. Let's not expand on that joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically going down there, um, built the, uh, what was it, the, the, the rotating magnet. Um, oh, it was, an, it was an EM generator. The EM generator, that's right. Generator, electromagnetic um, field. Right. So built a couple of those, put them up. Um, well, and, and the logic behind it is that, that oh, it's yeah. believed that with, with spirits and ghosts, that if you... If you flood it with electromagnetic energy, that they tend to, they tend to absorb that electromagnetic energy, mm-hmm. and it allows them to communicate with you better. Right. Uh, the thought of powering it up. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, jack yeah. jacking it up, powering it up. Right. An- another wavelength theory. Right. right. So, uh, constructed a couple of those and put them high up. Uh, yeah, they were in the drop ceiling. They're drop ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And. The There's time. no drop ceiling here, though. It's all concrete. No, we're, we are deep <laughs> below the Earth's crust. Yeah, here. but you know, it's it's hella haunted here. Um, that's what you've been telling me. Yeah. I'm kind of looking over my shoulder. I actually saw, as we were waiting for the show to start, the shadow, the the shadow on the other building that's on the other side of this. As we were outside talking. Right. Yeah. And my my favorite part of that is that you were just yeah. It's probably a ghost. Well, it's because it's that's the <laughs> essence. It's the essence of Sonora. You know, one thing that Dave, like I said, Dave's off tonight. But one one thing that Dave has really kind of drilled into my head mm. is that the the level of woo here, we don't talk about it, and I, and I think it's shocking. I really do think it's shocking, because you you go to these other places, mm-hmm. right, and they just capitalize on it, and they just tell everybody. Mm-hmm. There's more strangeness here than in Sedona, Arizona. 
But you go to Sedona, Arizona, I mean, you can feel it. It's been commercialized. It's, yeah, it's it's like a crystal factory. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not, it loses even, but you know, you go to, you go to uh, Shasta, and Shasta is a very spiritual place, and there's a lot of energy there. And you know, I want to, I want to do a show about the Schaefer mysteries, and mm-hmm. you know, the cities under Shasta and, and the Lemurians. And Lemurians, the stuff, right? Yeah. But you know, but people go there with an expectation that something's going to happen, and it does. You know, I've seen very weird stuff in Shasta, but here, nobody talk. I mean, it's the home of the Sonora Aero Club. The whole place has, is crisscrossed. As you tomorrow. You know, you're visiting, so we're going to take you down the main street. As you walk over that main street, you're walking over mine tunnels. Right. And all of which are haunted. Yeah, I heard both you and Dave talk about the haunting of many of the mine shafts here. And you're saying yes. all of the mine shafts. Well, I, I personally believe that all mine shafts are haunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because, look, think about it, right? And then we'll, we'll get back to the what happened with the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. But... You know, we're off on a bit of a tangent. Let's go down the tangent. Right. One one thing that that this show is very is tangential. <laughs> but you know, when you think about it, right? What makes a place haunted? A lot of different things make them make them haunted. But the one thing that's almost a universal constant, mm-hmm. right, is emotion. Right. So you know, things things that are very haunted are hospitals, because people are born there, people die there. You know, in mines, people die. Right. People find riches. You know, there's an emotional... Or they find ruin. Or they find ruin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very binary. It's a very binary, yeah, hot, I, cold I, kind of thing. I hadn't considered that, but, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, this this was a school. Mm-hmm. So it stands to reason it's haunted because the amount of emotion being emitted by the children who went to school here, you know, and the, and the people that worked here, you know, the level of dedication and teachers and... and the staff, you know, they, they haunt these things because they loved it or they hated it so much. So do you suppose that uh, hauntings could be echoes of emotions past? Well, in some cases, they're they're straight-up echoes. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you a good example. You know, UCSF, it's a very famous hospital, right, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. There is an entire floor there that they had to exercise. Really? Yeah, and, and that floor had the hospice wing on it. You know, and it, it had the, it had, you know, post, uh, was it, uh, med surge where they go after surgeries and other things. And so, you know, you had a lot of people that died there. And they literally had to exercise that floor, the entire floor. So how would you, how would you go about finding an exorcist? A Catholic church? You know, a shaman? Let me think about that for a minute. <laughs> I'm... I might be a, a searcher, but I also ask a lot of questions. No, that's okay. One thing that this, and and I think, you know, we've done a very good job on it so far. One thing that I, I want this show to be is a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we say, you're a guest, I'm the host. But but really, it's about the exchange of ideas. So, yeah, mm-hmm. what, you know, ask questions, I ask questions. We have a conversation. I, I think that's what makes good radio. Right. At least as much as I understand radio. <laughs> I figured a board out. <laughs> you've been around radio for a long time. I have. And um, it is good to hear you on the radio once again. Your your previous episodes have been amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you're very you're good. Too, too kind. Yeah. Well, you're my friend also, but uh, no. I appreciate it. To, to be uh, 
to be quite honest, it is engaging and powerful. And it's all Dave. Dave is really the engaging. I'm, gonna, I, I'm just, I run the board. Let me tell you something about Dave. So I heard that intro there. Yeah. I think Dave actually is Bigfoot. <laughs> that gravelly voice I oh no like... no that's not Dave oh <laughs> no, that's Keith okay well okay, okay it's Keith yeah I think he's, he's gonna kill me tomorrow uh, I won't be here right you messed my name up <laughs> you messed my name up well you please know, we're just having fun man Bigfoot takes no, but, many forms of names I'll tell you one thing though they have a great show just to do a little plug real fast um, they have a great show where they have like musicians come in and do music mm-hmm. I, I walked in on one when I first, you know, got the show and Dave and, and him, they were doing the show and it was really good. They had a guy on, he was fantastic, really heartfelt music, you know, but that's what the station's all about. So what kind of music was it? You know, it was kind of folk, folky kind of music. Yeah. But I mean, the guy was standing. I mean, he was really putting it, pouring his heart out. It was really amazing to watch. So in the studio here, I see uh, yeah. multiple microphones. So I suspect that uh, you've had you know, full on bands in oh, here. Oh yeah, no, they have bands in here. I don't I don't do that. I don't do music here. But right, I'm I'm the only like, the only live show. <laughs> anyway, but getting back to it. Um yeah, you know, I mean it's it is when you're talking about hauntings, you know, a lot of times, like it really is driven by emotion. And so what a so you asked about the exorcist and yeah. Because, you know, it's it's driven by emotion. It, and in a lot of cases, a trauma of some kind. You know, you get the good and the bad spirits. And so sometimes you do need to exercise it, like what they did at UCSF. You have to be really careful about it. I mean, if you want to get an exorcist from the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've, I I talked to an actual Catholic Vatican-trained exorcist once. Really? Yeah, I used to help out with that radio show, and I got him on there. And I had a long conversation with him, trying to get him to come on, because he was a very quiet guy. Like, he didn't really want to do it. Right, because he probably thought you were more making fun or, or trying to profit off of it. When right. In fact, you're really, truly curious. No, I was really, truly curious, and I thought it made his stories more compelling. And I thought that they would shine a light on things. Right, because most of us that aren't in the know, such as myself, in that in that realm, right? I'm I'm going based off the movie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and and, the, and that's that's really based on a guy named Gabriel Amorth, mm. who is the Pope's Pope's exorcist. In fact, there's a great movie with Russell Crowe. I know Russell Crowe, right? Master right. and Commander. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it's actually pretty good, but it's about Gabriel Amorth and, and him as an exorcist, and he, he makes some very interesting points about exorcism. But if you want the Catholic Church to do it, you have to. They try to be very careful, mm-hmm. so you have to go through a, like a psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. You have to be like interviewed by you know psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, social workers. They have social workers that work with the family. It's a very long process, and according to Amorth, I hope I'm saying his name right. But according to Amorth, you know. Exorcism is not always like what you see in the, the movie The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. He kind of likened it to like you have to keep chipping away at it. Whatever's in there, you have to keep chipping away at it. Mm. And there was one woman in particular, I think he exercised her 127 times. Wow. Before so, he was able to completely purge the negativity. So I, but I get- you know, but there are, you know, it, it, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on, on your, your religious beliefs. That's, Catholic, right. you're going to go to the gonna, Catholics. 
That's where I was going to go is like, let's say uh, it was a different uh, culture, a different religion, right? Right. Then you may go to a shaman or right. Right. whatever. I would think you would go to whatever religious leader you have and then talk to them about it. I mean, you know, if you're Protestant, you know, Mm -hmm. you might go to, I would suggest you go to your, you know, your church pastor and say, hey, Mm -hmm. I think I might have a diabolical possession or there's things that are bad and I think there's something negative here, you know, what do we do? And, and really, you know, that's part of their job is, is to lead you through, you know, your religious journey. So I, I would, I, I think the easy answer, there's a lot of people who advertise, you know, right. and they get on documentaries and stuff and they go, oh, I'm an exorcist. You know, I remember we talked to one in particular uh, at that, on that show mm-hmm. and it was not compelling. Yeah, it was it was more um, oh. yellow, yellow pages type of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guy from the from the Vatican, he he was legit, and it's frightening to listen to him talk. That that would be unnerving. <clears throat> it was extremely unnerving, and I, and he's a really nice guy, and he's not trying to sell anything. No, no. Okay. He doesn't want to sell you anything. In fact, he doesn't really want to deal with it. That's the sense I got. Like he did it out of duty. Yeah, and he and he did it for the love of the of the person that he was helping, but it took a toll on him. And I, I suspect that uh, even before, you know, uh, let's say modern religions, you know, ancient right. religions also had, you know, ways we, of exercising oh, yeah. the, the the no evil. every 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 religion has a notion of mm-hmm. of you know dealing with negative spirits and and dealing with attachments and that kind of thing. No, they do. They do. I mean, it's it's a it's a universal construct, right? But yeah. so we're we're at the zodiac killer. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in a, we're in this old brick building that's that's infested by the zodiac killer. Right, right. And <laughs> we, we build a magnetic uh, generator and we put it up in the uh, the ceiling. And for this other show, there was a, a small audience down and yeah, kind of helping out, kind of helping out. And uh, you know, as the show is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some some heavy duty feelings going oh, on. Oh yeah, and to the point where we thought we'd have to end the broadcast early. Yeah, but yes, and I think <laughs> people I, were being overwhelmed by by the environment. Yeah, that's actually a, a great way of putting it. It really it was, was. It was relentless, overwhelming, and dark. Dark. Yeah. Yeah, I think at one point he had a the guy who was leading the operation. He we were using an SB7. <clears throat> it's like a spirit box. What it does is it. It's a frequency skipper, and he had this thing going in front of him, and he's like, is the Zodiac out there? And the thing came back. And remember, it's frequency skipping every second, so mm-hmm. it's impossible to construct words. And the thing comes back and says, I am the Zodiac. And right after that, he almost passed out. Yeah. Yeah, and was it before or after that where one of the uh, magnetic generators actually broke? Oh, it exploded. It exploded, yeah. and it started making this racket. That was before. Was it? Okay. That was right, right before he did that. Right, and so... We were all absolutely, our nerves were <laughs> terrified. On, just, just absolutely where we needed to get the hell out of the heck out of there. <clears throat> um, it's okay. <laughs> gotta, gotta work on that. Yeah. Uh, FCC, what, you know those guys. What we you, love the FCC. What you may not know, though, is uh, that night I left the building and I, I went around the side and one of the upper windows had a break in it. And okay. Had, had a hole. And I took a picture of it, not thinking much about it. I looked at the picture later on and it looks... Just like the Zodiac with the hat on, or with the uh, the bag over his head. With the 
bag of his. I should show you that picture. It is yes, you really should. It's unnerving. It was like ten years ago. Oh. You should really show me the photo now. <laughs> I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of photos that uh, I know. Well, you know, you know what happened to me. Speaking, yeah. speaking more locally, um, my son and I went out to Columbia, and we were there late at night, and uh, <clears throat> we took a photo of the um, the fire station, and I. I swear to you, every time we go, we always take a photo of the fire station. And every time in one of the windows on the top, you don't, it's a two-story brick building. Mm-hmm. And it, in one of the windows on the top floor, yeah. we always get a face. Uh, and so we saw the face and we were kind of freaking out. Yeah. And so, you know, we decided, okay, well, you know what? Let's go. <laughs> right? Because, you know, I like this stuff and mm-hmm. I like ghost hunting and, and do it. But, you know, sometimes it's a little overwhelming. And it's time to leave. Yeah. And so we decided to go. And so we walk out to the car. For people around here, we parked the car over by where the candle, that candle store is. And so we're standing out there. And he goes, hey, look. And we saw these two dark figures down the road standing under, under a s- streetlight. Uh. And I'm like, those are not people. He goes, oh, no. Those are, those are ghosts. Huh. And he and I made some kind of inane comment like, you know, they're probably laughing at us. And then suddenly we heard this in the distance. Ha 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 ha. Oh, that sends shivers down my spine. And then the and then the street light switched off. What? <laughs> and then it switched back on and they were gone. But they were not they were not people. I mean, we were close enough we could have t- they were like shadows. So so being, and we could we could hear them talking. Oh, that's like whispering, whispering, whispering. Yeah, it was it was freaky. That's in Colombia. Happens that kind of stuff happens almost every time we go. So, and that's the stuff that maybe you know the greater public doesn't know about is that this area is very very active with this kind of activity. Well, we've been trying. Dave and I have been trying to talk about that because mm-hmm. you know, I, it still boggles my mind that, that we don't talk about that. I mean, you know, we're in October and more more info more info to come. But we're gonna do you know a Nimsicon. <coughs> we're gonna do Nimsicon, okay, and with uh, with Walter Bosley and Doctor Alan Greenfield and jo- Doctor Joseph Farrell. Put out a new people. book recently, right? Uh, Dr. Alan Greenfield did, yes. He did. He did. Apparently, it's, uh, it is number one in uh, magical studies, the mag- magical studies section <laughs> for new new books. Yes, he, he, uh, he wrote a book uh, on the Black Lodge. That, I mean, it looks like it's, it's, it's brand new out there, and I'd it love is. to get a read of that. So get a read of that. Yeah. I will get you a copy. <laughs> I have the power. I'm, I'm learning how to speak English. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. No, it's it's an interesting book, and and it goes along with what you were talking about the zodiac and mm-hmm. what, what we did there. You know, in the exorcism discussion. Right. Um, you know, the the Black Lodge is is uh, they're they're magical people. They they do magic, but they do bad magic, black magic, dark magic. And so they they cause people problems. Like they they want to hold people back. And so you know, he wrote a book about it, about how it works, who they are, what they do, where they come from. So is it? Uh, it's the first book of its kind. 
That that's what I was about to say is that yeah. I've never heard of such a thing. No, no, it, it, yeah, there there has been no. It's one of those things where when you you talk about magic and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, magic with a K, um, it's uh, it's not something you talk about. I mean, it, it's like in normal life, right? You know, when you're walking down the street, like I'm a pretty happy guy. Mm-hmm. I love tiki stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. want to talk about tiki stuff and hang out. You don't want to talk about bad things and they're, they do bad things. Right. So when you bring it up in, you know, in amongst people who are, who are metaphysical or, you know, spiritual in that way, you know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about something else yeah, let's, because let's it's bad happy time. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's much more comfortable to talk about something happy and yeah. easy sure. than it is for something that is sinister or evil or, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's unkind. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to I went to a thing once at a at an airplane museum in Oakland, California, and you know, it was it, <clears throat> it was on a Halloween night, and it was kind of like, you know, okay, this place is haunted. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go see the ghosts and check out some airplanes. <laughs> and I you mean, know, airplanes and great, ghosts, two great tastes that taste great right. together. Exactly, airplanes and ghosts. <laughs> that's right. But. um you know, I mean, I I interacted with a ghost, and it was very nice. Hmm. You know, we had the SP7 out, and it was like, you know, hey, were you a pilot? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was a pilot, or, you know, I, I flew a balloon, because it was in a gondola of a balloon. So maybe go- going back to what you were talking about earlier with uh, high emotions, I suspect right. that being a pilot of any craft, be it a a balloon or oh, sure. a plane, a submarine, that it's highly emotional. Well, the airplanes, but you also have to remember is that things like train stations, airports, bus stations, airplanes, trains, boats, like a, they they are about change. That there is the like emotion of change and transfer. Okay. New people starting new lives, people you know having to start over. Good things, bad things. You know the their areas of transit, so they become haunted because because of the emotional um, like discharge. So maybe th- that brings up a good point: is do you find that there are a lot of colleges that are haunted? Because, well, a lot of them are, yeah. Because you know, my, me personally, I just went through this uh, dropping a child off to uh, college, right? And the amount of emotion there was oh, it's tremendous. It was it was palatable. It was so it was so so much that uh, yeah. you know me a non-feeling robot I almost <laughs> I almost felt emotion oh my god you almost <laughs> felt emotion I know oh my gosh <laughs> I I'm a real boy oh <laughs> but, but no no I mean it's it's true it's true that you know places of large emotion mm-hmm. you know and places of change and movement that's transition that they tend to be haunted the other thing that's crazy about up here and you'll know you'll understand this is that you know, we're sitting on granite. Mm. A conduit. It's a conduit because of yeah. all the crystal. I mean, there's so many crystals here. There's so, crystals everywhere. So maybe I'm rethinking my thought about sleeping outside tonight. <laughs> no, you should. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you know, one thing that's amazing about Sonora, hmm. the sky. I'm, I'm actually very excited to see the yeah. sky. Watch the, sky the is... satellites. Oh yeah. Watch other things. Well, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the uh, night vision goggles out and do some do some UFO watching. I'm sorry, UAPs. Ah, is that the new nomenclature? Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, un- unidentified anomalous or, or no unidentified aerial phenomenon. Right. Yeah, so, I'm still a UFO guy. UFO I, is much UFO. more fun to say. I think it's a UFO. It also is in my my coffee mug, so I'm not changing. <laughs> it's on my T-shirt <laughs> from McMinnville. <laughs> Make sure I'm not wearing that one now. No, you're not wearing the McMinnville T-shirt. Right. So with. With the pursuit of trying to make contact, you know, you yourself have said that you have made contact with... On occasion. On occasion. You know, do you think there's any kind of... You're interviewing me. Hey, it's kind of fun, right? Okay. Um, Dave did this like the other week. He's all, I want to interview you. I'm like, okay. Am I that interesting? Not really. Here's the thing. You have a ton of information. You've been around the world (laughs) as far as the 14... Well, I've been uh, around the world too, but... (laughs) But as far as 14 um, anomalies, you are probably one of the more knowledgeable people I know. And so I'm always shocked by that. I don't really feel like I'm that knowledgeable. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's such a a diverse and dynamic. um, Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird topic. Right. So I, I, myself, I find it, you know, I, I myself am strange and unusual, but you are, uh, but I don't hold a candle to your flame. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. Well, that's why you're probably one of my most fun and favorite friends is that uh, same here it's like let's go do something it's weird. a love fest yeah. yeah yeah it's always like let's get the randonautica out and see what happens <laughs> for those of you who are unaware the randonautica is is quite the adventure <laughs> just follow the instructions no i, I mean it we're yeah. every time i use the randonautica mm-hmm. i get what i ask for so the idea, okay. So yeah, for, for the listeners, so the idea behind the Randonautica, right? Is it's a, it's an app you still install on your iPhone. I think there's a Droid version of it too. But basically, what you do is when you activate the Randonautica, you put intention into it. It's all about intention. So the intention might be, I want to see Bigfoot, because trust me, as as Chris will attest, he was there. You want to see Bigfoot. You want to you see want Bigfoot. To see, it changes your perception. Yes. Anyway, so you, so you have a kind of, I want to see Bigfoot, and then you activate the Randonautica. And the Randonautica basically gives you a, directions to a place. And it says, go to this place. And when you get to this place, then it will, it, something from your intention will appear. And it's worked one to one. Now you're saying this is an app? Yeah, it's a, right. I think it's a Randonautica. Okay, I'm typing it up right now. Yeah, and and it basically it it. So I'll give you an example. Not I did something different, but we'll just keep it to this for now. So okay. when you start up the Randonautica, you say, "Okay, I want to see Bigfoot," and so it kind of gives you a zone to go to. I'm downloading it now. It gives you a zone to go. It's a lot of fun, and it's not it's not weird or anything, but it's just fun. Okay. So you say, I want to see Bigfoot, so you activate the Randonautica, and then it leads you to a location. And when you get to that location, maybe you see a truck, and I've seen these a bunch of times here, mm-hmm. and I love it every time I do. They're like uh, tire covers that say like Bigfoot Research right. Group. Right. Well, you might see a like a Jeep with the with a sticker on the back that, that – that talks about Bigfoot Fest in Twain Art this weekend. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you, you know, you might see a bumper sticker with a Bigfoot on it or, you know, that's how it works. Okay. So do you think it's kind of like, um, 
what's it called? Uh, the secret from a long time ago, where if you say something oh, over yeah. and over Manifestation. Again, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like that. But what's interesting with the the Randonautica is it actually tells you where to go. Okay, I'm opening it up now. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, you know, I, I maybe we'll poll the uh, the audience. Basically, uh, I'll ask my uh, my partner uh, what I should uh, search for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, she's listening. By the way, Tanya. I'm sorry, we can't do call-ins yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll, you'll probably get text messages like I do occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the Randonautica is super cool, and it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's something you can do with the kids. Or if you're a kid, you can do it with your friends. Okay. But it's it's not weird or dangerous or anything like that. Well, it's I'll, very benign. I'll continue on that in a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, the Randonautica is fun. It's asking for some personal information. and I think it's Randonautica. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, yeah. It, it kind of gives you a map, and it tells you, like, hot spots. I will set it up during the commercial break. Actually, you know what I got that's super cool? What's that? It's a, it's a ghost tube SLS. So it takes your iPhone, mm-hmm. and it activates it like an SLS camera. Oh. Dang. Like from Ghost Adventures, you know, when they, yeah. I got the SLS out. Yeah, well, you can do it now on your phone with the ghost tube. Oh, look at that. Okay. Try it. All right, here it goes. You know this place is haunted. <laughs> yeah, so just point it at something, and it, it uses the LiDAR to try to figure out if it's a person. Okay. Yeah, your phone says low battery. Is That's that fine. Person? Don't worry about that. Yeah. It sucks a lot of power oh, to do it. Yeah, and what's really bizarre is you, you point that at a field, which I've done, and it starts showing people walking around in the field. You're like, okay. So you pointed at the chairs over here, and it puts a person, a, a oh, that's But really you see you see how it, it maps me. Yeah. 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 It's, Ghost tube SLS. I, you I, should get it. And then go to Columbia. I say that's a, that that would be a fun uh, you know, field trip. <laughs> yeah, it might be a fun field trip. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, I'd also also would like to uh, give you one ups on the uh, the background music here. Oh yeah, this is so much fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, this is Trader Sam's. Okay, Trader Sam's. You know, and ghosts. I'll tell you. You know, you it was suggested to me to play it in the background because it kind of gave it a, a different vibe. Mm-hmm. But no, I bet I I think it works out really well. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, it it, it kind of gives some credence to you know the loftiness of you know some of the things that we're talking about and oh, sure. also the the seriousness behind it. Yeah, who who can take anything seriously when you're playing tiki music in the background? I know. I I kind of need a, uh, <laughs> a a mai tai at the moment. 19, 1944 <laughs> mai tai. Nineteen forty four mai tai from Trader Vic's. Mm-hmm. That's that's right, folks. If you want an original recipe, mai tai. Trader Vicks in Emeryville. I know you got to go to Emeryville. I know. <laughs> I don't like the traffic either, but that Trader Vicks is one of the original, if you like tiki, that's one of the original tiki restaurants, tiki bars in the world. Yeah. It, that that Emeryville Trader Vicks is w- literally one of the first ones, and Trader Vicks is where they invented the Mai Tai. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the... Some of the, the, the items on view there. Like oh, yeah. The drums. I think there's a boat there. Yeah, there's a boat. There's an outrigger yeah. hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. And and the food itself, if it's not on oh, fire, it's good. amazing. It's good. Yeah. Um, when I went there, uh, I only had about 
literally uh, 15 minutes to eat. That's horrible. It was terrible. You can't even get through the poo-poo platter in 15 minutes. Uh, I barely had it, but I made sure I had a drink that was on fire because that's kind of my thing. That's their thing, yeah. <laughs> that's true. And then they wouldn't sell me the fish mug. Oh, the blowfish? They would not sell it to me. Yeah, I had to I had to connive to get a blowfish <laughs> or to, to get the blowfish. Yeah, I did uh, acquire a menu though. <laughs> oh yeah, no, their tiki mugs are great. Mm-hmm. The other place you got to go eventually, <clears throat> it's in San Francisco, which again, the traffic and the people mm-hmm. and the environment. But you got to go to the Tonga Room. The the Tonga Room. Um, the Tonga Room. It's super famous. So, um the one that we went to, um it was the hidden one. It was a false idol. Oh, the false idol is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have the volcano. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's so during the pandemic, as you know, uh, we built a tiki tiki bar in our room. Oh, sure. It, you know, we built it in the basement. Yeah, right. Subterranean, uh, <laughs> underneath the Earth's crust. Kind of like we are now. That's right. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Where the where the Earth where the mantle is still warm. <laughs> it's easy for heating the water. You just put it on the ground. Right. It heats right up. <laughs> and it keeps the uh, the cosmic rays out. I knew a guy who did that. He actually lived in a lived in a age. Uh, well, it's like a volcanically active zone. Was and he, he? He dug down into the earth. Oh, really? Yeah, and you got the water. The water would come up boiling. Oh, that's a um, that, geothermal. Like geo, geothermal. Yeah. yeah, he he heated his house with geothermal. Okay, because if you're saying your friend lives in a volcano, I know no, he's, no, he's no. evil. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> and by the way, uh, the other one you want to try, I have not been, but I've heard good things about Last Rites, which is <clears throat> the theme, because, you know, Tiki, for the listeners, Tiki tiki bars have themes. Mm-hmm. And Last Rites, it's a airplane that crashed in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see that. Yeah, it's supposed to be super cool. So one of, one of my, you know, I, I've been to quite a few uh, Tiki bars as well, but the one I really like um, only lasted a week, and <laughs> okay, because it was at Burning Man. Oh, all right, <laughs> that explains it. So here's the thing: I went to it. it Where's was, the mug? Uh, <laughs> it was covered in dirt, <laughs> as it was everybody else. Uh, you bring your own mug. Oh, that's terrible. Well, the thing is, that's you, you bring your own. Um, but he built it out of a um, a shipping container. Oh, sure. So it was movable, and it was so much fun. Yeah. But and here's the here's the embarrassing thing. Uh, the, the next time we went to Burning Man, I was telling all my campmates, you know, this is the greatest tiki bar I've ever been to. Blah blah blah. Right. And we get over there, and the guy tells us that due to COVID, he couldn't build the bar the same way. Oh. And so it was a um, lackluster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen it before. There's a where is it? We went to a. It's not indigeny. Maybe it is Indigeny. Hmm. There's a <clears throat> there's a place called Indigeny Reserve here, hmm. and they make a really good cider. Hmm. Um, and they they had an event, and so you can go out there and, and it's you know you can go see the orchard and whatever. Mm-hmm. They actually had a really cool um, like it's where you would go to buy cider, oh, right? Okay. But it was inside of a, a cargo container. It was one of the short ones. I think it was like the twenty foot. Hmm. But it was inside a car. It was cool. I mean, I thought to myself, you know, because I want to have a tiki bar I was, someday. I was going to say, what would what would be in your perfect tiki bar? <laughs> or, or well, I don't want to expose too much because somebody will steal it. 
Okay. My idea. So the 1944 Mai Tai, and that's it. <laughs> no. Well, one of the things that I want to do ultimately is, is to have a tiki bar in Sonora. I think that would be a wonderful idea. Yeah. And then in the second floor, actually broadcast this show from the second floor. I, I might have to move here. <laughs> you should move here. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. No, you should move here. It's great. I mean, it, it's a weird place. I've You'll only fit, been the here woo for is six, six hours or so, and I already yeah. just dig it. Yeah, just, it's, even the drive here was amazing. Oh, yeah, the downtown is amazing. Wonderful yeah. shops and, and the great, great food. Yeah. You know, Flappy's Pizza. Flappy's Pizza. I love Flappy's Pizza. Flappy, I mean, with a name like that, you can't go wrong. That's like, is it 1950s era type of food? Because No, it's a pizza place. But okay. they have fun pizzas. They have like the the Mystic Pizza, and they have one that has like potato chips in it. <laughs> I, I had a pizza once that they said it was an alligator pizza, and I thought it was just a funny name for a pizza. <laughs> no, no it was real alligator chunks. <clears throat> well, if you go on a Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. and this one bartender's there, he has this wheel. It's like the wheel of death. Oh, no. And you spin it, he makes these bizarre... <laughs> like drinks really? off the menu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you spin the wheel. Yeah. And then he he'll do the drink based on what you land on. Maybe so, we'll need to see that. To, you know what? Maybe we need to go to Flappy's tomorrow. All right. But all I right. can't drive because I'm the birthday boy. So. Uh, that's right. How how many? No, actually, I want to ask that question. <laughs> uh, it'll be too a, many. Right. Right. You know, it'll be a next lap around the sun for you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully many more laps around the sun. Absolutely. No, but the food the food is great here and you know, there's a lot of good restaurants and <clears throat> you know, a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of a lot of local makers who make stuff. I'm I'm excited about the uh, the Bigfoot Festival that oh, yeah. uh, is going on. Well, and and if you're going to the Bigfoot Festival, you got to stop by the Curious Crow. She's got all kinds of neat stuff up there. Okay. And it's not it's not just vintage stuff. She's got all kinds of things. I love shops like that. Where yeah, it's, just it's a little shop. Like local makers or, you know. Yeah, it's next to the library in Twainheart, which is, that library is very small. It's probably as big as a studio. So tell me again how Twainheart got its name. Because that. I don't entirely know. Is it like <laughs> Mark Twain and some dude named Hart? And they. Yeah, Bret Hart, I think. Okay. Yeah. But it's, you know, I'll tell you, when uh, my, <clears throat> so, you know, I used to stay up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the neighborhood where I would stay had a UFO. Like everybody knew. Huh. Yeah. And the people across the street, they'd be like, have you seen it? And I'm like, seen what? And they're like, have you seen the UFO? I'm like, what UFO? And they're like, it's down there. I'm like, oh my God. I've watched that thing like every night. And it starts, <clears throat> it starts kind of to the east. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of wraps, it just slowly moves. What? Through the sky. Yeah. It kind of ends west. It's just weird. Okay, it's just that, there all night, and it pulses, huh? And it moves up and down. Oh yeah, it's so everybody it knows. Everybody sits out on their decks and they watch it moving. <laughs> so it's the first short of East SETI. It's the only place I've ever gone where people actually sit on their decks yeah. and they watch a UFO for like an hour, like fly around <laughs> the sky. They're like, "Hey, Olaf, can you see it?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's right there." They're like, "Yeah, it's the neighborhood UFO." I mean, it's awesome. You got to convince them to land, right? Uh, yeah. So, (laughs) well, supposedly they have. So Dave tells us, he's told it many times on the show, but there was a guy who, who maintained the radio, radio towers not far from here. Mm -hmm. And basically he saw UFO land next to radio towers. And at first he saw the lights and 
Sorry, Dave, I'm going to mess this up. He saw the lights, and he thought the kids were, like, drinking up by the radio antennas. And he's like, oh, I'm going to rub those kids out and get, get them out of here. <laughs> so he drives up there, and there's a there's a UFO, like, landed. What? And the people are – this is in Sonora. The yeah. people are out. They've exited the UFO. Yeah. And he's like, you got to leave. <laughs> and they're like, what? And he's like, I'm leaving. And he drove away. <laughs> We've, we've traveled 50 million light years. And this guy <laughs> Through in a, a wormhole. And a guy in a truck tells us to get the heck out <laughs> of here. And we're going to get out of there. <laughs> That's right. We've, no, we've but, had it. No, but seriously, he, the guy actually got freaked out and took off. Oh, but, I would. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you, there, there's another thing. Um, there's a story of the Cisco Grove, hmm. which okay. is out by Yosemite. And this guy, he was a bow hunter, and he was hunting. Okay. Uh, and it, it's almost deer season, actually. <laughs> but the, he was hunting, and... I think he saw the UFO in the sky and he saw it land and he was kind of, he was like, okay, what's that? And so he kind of went over there and he saw these like automatons, like robots, like walking through the forest. He's like, what is that? I want to put an expletive in there, but I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Like having a radio show. So, so he, they see him and they chase him through the forest and he eventually, he like climbs up into a tree and they can't figure out how to get up the tree. So they're standing on the bottom of the tree, like bashing the tree. And he's like, I got to get out of here. So yeah. he's a bow hunter. So he starts shooting arrows into them. <laughs> and eventually, like, I think he disabled one of them. The other one dragged it away. And then he got down and took off. All right. That's a, that's a petrifying story. Yeah, but there are marks on the trees. Then there's, there's a place over by uh, Kennedy Meadows, hmm. which is a different, it's like the northern access point into Yosemite. They run a lot of, uh, they run a lot of like um, mule trains out of there. Okay, <clears throat> you can like get a, get on a mule train. They'll take you in. You can go fishing, or go hiking. They'll leave you there for like a couple of days and come back for you. Mm-hmm. Well, out that direction, a lot of people go hunting toward the Sonora Pass. Mm-hmm. And actually, in Missing Four One One Hunters, um, which is on Prime, <laughs> it's David Politis. He interviews these guys, and I think Dave knows somebody. Who knows somebody who knows them? Mm-hmm. But they had a hunting encampment out by Kennedy Meadows, and they had a, a bunch of run-ins with like Bigfoot, and they had to like construct this like like uh, safety safety cave that they would hide inside when Bigfoot would like tear up their camp. But one of the other things they saw was really weird stuff moving through the forest, mm-hmm. and one of the things the guy described was like a lightsaber, like yeah. moving through the forest. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my my understanding is that uh, you know a Bigfoot was a a friendly forest uh, entity. Yeah, it can be. I mean, there are bad Bigfoots. You know, we've talked about it on the show that there's a story from the the Chicken Ranch mm-hmm. where they killed one. Yeah, and they, they it, said like they, ranch, they buried it. Yeah, they buried it out by the airport. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee, they, it attacked the village and, and killed a child, and so they they uh, ran it up. Yeah, they ran it up into a tree, and then it fell out of the tree. They lit the tree on fire, I guess, and it, it fell out of the tree and broke its neck. Mm, so they buried it there. But no, I, you know, I mean, in general, I think it's, I think it's perceived as is kind of a, like a protector of the forest. Yeah, like a protector of the forest, or like a, like an elemental. Mm-hmm. But the way it was described to me is that if you do bad things, it will do bad things. Mm-hmm. If you do good things, it will do good things. I mean, I, I will say that what we saw on the side of Mount Adams. Mm-hmm. It wasn't negative in any way. No. It was an animal. It, and it was. It, it, two it was, animals. 
it was definitely weird. And it was huge. Yeah, it was monstrous. And, and you know, watching it climb, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it climbed like a person. Right. And it was just, it was, it was effortless. effortless. It was effortless. Yeah. The one thing, though, that I, I'll tell you, and I've never heard another Bigfoot, I should ask when we go to the symposium, because mm-hmm. I'm going to the symposium on Sunday. And by the way, again, everybody, come to the Bigfoot Fest. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come by the table and tell Dave and I hi. You know, that you listen to the show and you like it or you hate it or Try you have to figure out which one is Bigfoot. <laughs> well, I have Bigfoot. He's in the UFO. Oh, that's right. That's right. But anyway, um, the one thing that I've never, <clears throat> I've heard him scream out by Strawberry. I've seen them on the mountain. Mm-hmm. I've, whatever. But the one thing about that, that that was shocking to me is that remember when it got to the very top? Mm-hmm. And it was weird because you could literally, we were far, but you could literally see it. We were seven miles away. Yeah. And you could see it. Yeah. The two of them, and obviously I think they were a pair bond because one was bigger than the other one, mm-hmm. but they, they stood on the top of that thing and they seemed to be like looking around. Right. And then they descended into that crevasse. So isn't that interesting because that's Mount Adams. I know. And Mount Adams has quite the history. Well, you you know, I mean, we were there at night. Right. And Mount Adams being where Kenneth Arnold first found the, uh, you know, the saucers. Was it? Yeah. Right. So he's flying in his little plane. Right. And he sees seven. Of course, they, they miss, they miss, uh, uh, quoted him. Yeah. He, he didn't say they were flying saucers. No, they were like saucers that skipping. Were skipping. Right. right. Um, but it was around that mountain. That mountain has some mystical powers. Well, I mean, I don't know the best way to explain this, but I mean, you were there. Mm-hmm. You saw what I saw. I saw a hangar door open on the, I saw a garage door open on the side of a mountain and it was huge. Mm-hmm. It was inches. I mean, I'm seven miles away and it was what? Three or four inches wide. It, it, it opened like a hang, like a garage door. And it was lit. Remember, it was lit inside. Yeah. It was like white, this bright white light. So there must be some kind of field to to hide the the crevices. We we have a friend, a mutual friend, right, who flew his airplane around the mountain, right, looking for that, and he couldn't find it. He couldn't find it. Uh, took lots of pictures. Yeah, and that's what I. That's my dream. So you know, it's specific to Seti, but I still maintain, and I think he'll do it. Remember, we talked about it. You go up in the airplane at night while that stuff's happening, mm-hmm. and you film it from the plane. Oh, he'd be he'd be way into that. Oh yeah, because remember we saw that green portal thing that was like hanging in midair. Oh man, that was it was like yeah. Stargate. Like you'd see stuff come out of it, you'd see stuff go into it, but nothing went through it. It was literally like looked like the portal from Stargate, like hanging in. It had to be about six or 7,000 feet in the air. It just mm-hmm. hung there. And lights would go in and out of it, but nothing would go through it. Right. Right. That it, was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, things like that happen here. That's why I'm so shocked, again, that nobody talks about this place. Things like that happen here. Well, and I mean, they have neighborhood UFOs here. Right. And, you know, it's with, with all these. The, uh, the they being shafts. these neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah. The well, and we're sitting and- on. We're sitting on all this granite with mm-hmm. quartz crystal in it. I right. Mean, so it's a conduit. It's a massive conduit. Yeah. And 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 you know, it's just soaking it's soaking up that the vibrations. 
So I would be I would be really interested to um, get a get a deep recording, like maybe maybe drill a hole into some of this granite and put a real um, sensitive microphone into the earth itself and <laughs> see if you could hear. I, I don't know something else that is not of well, human t- form. Well, I'll tell you this. So I went to the caverns. Mm. There are some caverns here over by Angel's Camp, and I went to the caverns, mm-hmm. and we saw something. So you can only go so far. You know what? I'm going to hold this story. It's it's uh, we got six minutes until the top of the hour. So you're listening to the Enigma Hour with Captain Tiki, aka me, Olaf Phillips, uh, Dave. Captain Dave is off tonight uh, helping set up uh, Bigfoot Fest. Go, Dave. Get that all set up. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, we're going to take a break uh, before we start the second hour. So enjoy some movie. Enjoy some music. And this is for you, Dave.
Listening to the Enigma Hour with Captain Tiki and Captain Dave, who's out there uh, getting the Bigfoot Fest ready. So we're uh, we're minus Dave tonight. Dave, I miss you, man. But uh, we got Chris in here, internationally well known fourteen adventure Chris Reeves, who's trying to interview me on my own my own show. I'm a pest that way. You're you're not a pest, but oh boy, yeah. you know we almost missed the show. <laughs> I've never run back to a microphone so fast. (laughs) Neither have I. (laughs) But we're not late. We're on time here. You're rocking rocking down to some Mark Mothersbaugh. This is the lightning strike attack from The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Ah. One of my favorite movies. The Way to My Heart? Yeah. Steve Zissou. It's true. The Tiger Shark. Oh, the leopard shirt. Yeah. Oh, just listen to that power of that music. Oh, listen to that. Do, 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 do. All right. <clears throat> so I do have a story about Mike Mothersburg. Mothersbaugh. Mothersbaugh. I can never get that right. It's okay. Say Mark. Mark. Not Mike. Mark. Mark. Mark the Devo guy. Devo guy. Right. Hat, hat on head. So he he is a connoisseur of old technology. And at one one point, a old composer by the name of Raymond Scott. Oh, I have some Raymond Scott in here. Yeah. So Raymond Scott was a brilliant composer, but he's also one of the first creators of a um, um, electronic music device called the Electronium. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Okay, look up the Electronium. Oh, no, I can't do that. I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the, the song oh. I have. Well, you probably have Powerhouse because that was his most famous work. You've heard it in all the commercials or uh, many Warner Brothers cartoons. Now, I have Frank Comstock. Mm, not quite. No. Well, anyway. So Raymond Scott builds this uh, Electronium, okay. and it's a synthesizer. It's uh, from the 60s, uh, one of the very first synthesizers. Um so it's an amazing piece of equipment. Mark winds up buying it, you okay. know, after it's sitting, uh, sit, sat with the, uh, the, the widow of uh, Raymond Scott for a long time. It can't be rebuilt. Uh, they can't figure out how to rebuild it and make it work again. So they actually gave it to my friend to figure it out. <laughs> okay. So I go over to my friend's house and here's this piece of electronic history. And, you know, the... The wiring in the back looks like a, a crow's nest. It is so convoluted, but at one point it worked. Okay. Um, one of the most important, one of the most amazing things is that there are four cards in there that were labeled Monsanto. Right. So Monsanto, the uh, the chemical yeah, company, yeah. It used to be an electronics company. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't either until I took a picture of it. I'm like, what's that? Anyways, my friend tried to diagnose and fix this machine. Um, I don't think he was successful, uh, but he got it further along. So there you go. That's my Mark uh, Devo guy story. 
<laughs> Mark Devo guy. <laughs> a, a weird tangent, but that seems well, to be what we're doing. Yeah, tangents are, are what we specialize in over here at the, <laughs> <laughs> at the Enigma Hour. That's right. All right, so what, what were we talking about? Uh, aliens, UFOs. I haven't talked about UFOs yet uh, uh, a whole lot. Oh, we were talking about we were talking about Matt Adams. Oh yeah, about the the vortex thing that that appeared in midair. So a, a good segue on this is that yes. you mentioned it before, but at one point in my history, I used to launch high altitude um, cameras. Yes, very so, high altitude. Very high altitude. Um, basically, one of my top flights was about a hundred thousand feet. So three times the height, uh, three times the height of a commercial airliner. Right. So, and I have a story about that for you, but okay. So you're done. So, I was, you know, we have this, we have this envelope, this uh, latex envelope. We filled it up with uh, hydrogen because it's cheaper than helium. Right. Uh, we have a parachute. And they're running out of helium, by the way. Oh, I know. That's why we wanted to use hydrogen. No, no joke. They are literally running out of helium, and they can't make more. Right. Right. Because you can't make it. So use it wisely. <laughs> Every balloon inhale and have that great voice behind it. Yes. Hey, Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> so, you know, we have a transmitter to, to track the position of this camera. And we have a camera at the bottom of this balloon. Okay. So we launch it from a place called Shampooy State Park. And it rapidly rises up. And the deal with these weather balloons is that they reach the, the apogee of their flight, the envelope can't expand any further because as you go up higher, they expand. Right. Uh, it shatters, and then the, the camera falls back to Earth. Now, I'm the, first, I'm the last person to hold on to this camera, and okay. we let it go, and it flies up, and we have to chase it over. You know, It's flying 100 miles an hour because it hits the jet stream, and it lands on the side of Mount Hood. <laughs> okay. Right? So after about a, I think it was about a week, we finally got a hold of it. So just, you have a transponder on it? Yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, I have a friend that does high-altitude rocketry. Okay. And we, we should do something with that, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit more expensive. So, you know, we... I know a good spot. We, we, get to the, we get to the location. We get the camera. I'm the first person to grab the camera. So I know no one else has, has mucked with this thing. Right, and we're going through, and there's pictures of Mount Adams. There's pictures of Mount Rainier, or not Rainier. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. There was pictures of all the mountains along the chain. Okay. Um, and about, I'm I'm kind of cycling through them on the camera. Right. And then I see it, about halfway through. Okay. I see a UFO. Really? At about ninety thousand feet. You saw a UFO. And I have these pictures. I could show it to you. Yeah, I want to see it. Why? Why do you? I've known you for years. Why have you not shown me this stuff? Because. The second half of the story is okay. All right, so I go to the next picture, and I mean, you could see Mount, you know, Mount Hood down there. It looks like a thumbtack, and here's this UFO. Okay, and it's this white, elongated UFO. It looks like a tic tac, like a tic tac. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. What, what, I'll, I'll show it to like, you. Like like the tic tac UAP that they that uh, what's his name yeah. was. Actually, I'll bring up the picture here in a second. Okay, but, so I'm cycling through, and I'm. I've never been more afraid in my life. Like, so I, I have a, you know, I'm not a skeptic, but I have a, you know, I, 
incredible incredible claims require incredible evidence. Well, sure. No, that makes sense. Okay, so here I am, the last person to hold this camera, the first person to grab it. Right. And here's a picture of a UFO. Well, right. I just, I kind of freaked out. Sure. <laughs> I, think I, I think anybody would freak out. And so the next picture, same thing. And, you know, the UFO is in a slightly different position. And third picture, fourth picture. It's all this UFO. And then, you know, it's like it's flying around the camera. Right, really, at ninety thousand feet in the air. That's what we determined. Um, sure, the flight at that point. Um, I went about th- three more pictures, and it, I noticed uh, something in common with all of them. Okay, the UFO is in the same place. Oh, so what happened is that the box that I built it out of styrofoam. Yeah, a little piece of styrofoam popped off and stuck to the camera. Dang lens. it! Dang oh, it! Oh man. man! I thought I was gonna be. That's rich. why you didn't show it to me. That is why I didn't show it to you. I, I mean, I will. No, it's okay. Oh no, you, you gotta see it. It's, okay, I want to see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it as you, you as you wax poetic on. Whatever, okay, so there's. Okay, so so I got this story originally from Clyde Lewis. I'm gonna give him full credit for it. Hmm. There is a recording out there in the internet, and it is it is from the Oakland Control Tower. Because the Oakland Control Tower controls all flights into um, California from the Pacific Ocean. So one night, and there is a recording of this, one night, the controller on duty gets gets a, a like a call <clears throat> from a from a military flight. So the guy calls in, and for those of you who are pilots, I'm gonna mess this up, but you know, it's the same kind of thing. So the guy calls in. He says, you know, Oakland Center, this is unlisted military flight. I need, you know, I need a vector uh, through your airspace. And he says, okay, this is Oakland Center. I I hear you, unlisted military flight. What, you know, what do you want, basically? And the, the guy says, well, I need you to clear the, I have a shock front and a shock wave. So I need you to clear the clear the space around me so that I don't affect any aircraft in my vicinity. And the the guy from Oakland Control Tower says, Okay, well what what altitude are you currently flying at? He says, Well, I'm I'm flying at ninety thousand feet. Nine zero zero. The guy says, Excuse me? He says, I'm flying at nine zero zero. He says, Okay, well, how wide of a space do you need? And he says, Well, I need about you know, two zero zero down to obviously up doesn't matter, but I need about twenty thousand feet below me to seventy thousand feet, <laughs> and I need a few miles, you know, either way. Yeah. And the guy's like, "Yeah, I got, I got nothing flying at seventy thousand feet. You're, you're, you're good." <laughs> and apparently he he thanked him, and he the guy didn't even see him on radar. Whoa. Right, well, it's because that's the way that works. Yeah. Those are, oh, those are Rob. I, I lost it. Oh, did you? Yeah. This is pictures of your kids now. No. That's not a UFO. <laughs> but yeah, it was really shocking because the, uh, the air traffic controller, I mean, the guy, he's talking to some kind of high-speed aircraft at 100, you know, 90, 100,000 feet. Yeah. How often does that happen? Well, when you're at Mount Adams, it happens every night, apparently. We watched that stuff, I don't know, for three or four hours. Real high altitude stuff, like zigzagging and going up and down, all kinds of strange stuff. Then I saw an aurora while I was out there. 
The best Aurora I ever saw, though. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Now that That's crazy. These are beautiful photos to begin with. Right. You can see the curvature of the Earth and oh, the yeah. blackness of space. You can the, see the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you scroll through there a little bit, it's like... And then at the end, you can see the little little box that I built for it. It's... Um, that one picture that that's there that was what really freaked me out sure because it's like i i have proof that i believe in because that's one thing i would love to do is be able to build an interface or some kind of um apparatus that will encourage communication with um you know extraterrestrial beings right so there there's it's interesting that you brought that up so you know i'm i'm not a So I'm I'm not a I'm not a big fan of uh, of E-SETI. Mm-hmm. C-SETI, you know, thing of Mount Adams Trout Lake. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Crazy place. Everybody should go. Go camp out. Watch UFOs all night. Yeah. E-SETI. Not, James Gilliard. No, that's that's uh, C-SETI. E-SETI is different. That's uh, what's his name? Who's the uh, doctor? Oh, Greer. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Greer. Okay. But I have done the CE4 pro- contact protocol. Oh. That's oh. the thing where he takes, you pay him a bunch of money, he takes you out in the desert, and he takes a very powerful spotlight. You meditate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the protocol says that you meditate. That's mm-hmm. music's funny. <laughs> so you meditate, and then you send intention out into space. I have that app running. That's why. The app, the app that you're telling me about. Oh, Randonautica? Randonautica. Everybody needs Randonautica. It's a trip. Sorry to wreck your story. Keep going. Okay, so <clears throat> so you you meditate and you send intention. This is the manifestation, the secret mm-hmm. manifest things. Yeah. So you, you send this intention out into space that you want to see a UFO. Okay? okay. And then you stop meditating. And then you consciously send that message out into the sky. You say, I want to see a UFO. Yeah. And then he takes a very powerful spotlight mm-hmm. and he shines it up in the air. And then things like blink back and they see UFOs and sh- stuff flies around. And they they power up, right? <laughs> Stop it with the power up thing. <laughs> the rest of my, it's a thing from there. The rest of my life, when you say power up, I'm just going to tell you to shut up. <laughs> If you hear a the Palladians are not going to power up, okay? <laughs> it's a satellite, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, that's an airplane. But there were plenty of UFOs, like genuine UFOs are. Indeed. So I did the C, or no, it's C5. I did the C5 on the side of Shasta with my, my friend. Yeah. My friend is a ardent not believer in UFOs. So we did the whole thing, the meditation and, mm-hmm. you know, and <clears throat> he's a, he's a, He's a kind of rough and tumble kind of guy, and in the the whole meditation thing, like it really kind of is like I don't meditate, right. but he did. I said you have to do it for this, so we do it. We shine the light, the whole thing, yeah, and then it blinks back. Really? Yeah, it starts blinking in the sky. Oh. We're on the side of Shasta, just below Panther Meadow. It's blinking in the sky, mm-hmm. and then this ball of light appears. And goes flying through the forest to treetop level. Really? And it came out from the side. I, you know, we were, it came out from the side over here. Uh-huh. 
You can't see my outstretch my right arm. And it kind of flies, zigzags through the trees, mm-hmm. comes right in front of us, then goes straight out, and then it goes up, like a dip up, like a hockey stick, up into the sky. I have never heard this story yet. Yeah. It's incredible. That happened on the side of Shasta. So my understanding is Panther Meadows um, has a lot of history to oh, it yeah. itself. That's where they used to meet the Lemurians. Yeah, yeah. Um, stories that you've told me, actually. But I didn't know about this. Yeah, was it's it like lion. ball lightning or something? No, no. It was, a, it was some kind of controlled object. Interesting. It had too much control. It wasn't random. Like it knew. So it, it made. It, it was zigzagging through the trees. Okay. So it, it actually made X, Y, and Z movements. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In three dimensions. It was, you know, it was moving. Huh. Yeah. And, and all you had to do is meditate. And- you meditate on the idea of seeing a UFO. Mm-hmm. Then you concentrate and send that message out into space. Right. And then you keep sending it, and then you stop, and then you watch. Because I'm I'm going to be heading back up, and I travel right next to uh, right next to that mountain. Shasta. Yeah. Yeah. Go up to Panther Meadow. All right. All right. You're gonna see weird stuff there to begin with. That's kind of right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, yeah, I wanna I wanna try the CE five thing again. Yeah. I've done it twice actually, and it worked. Okay. Well, if you find a cool place, let me know. I'll come back down. Oh, I think Sonora is a very cool place. I'm going to try it out. All right. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of UFOs here. So the the one that you were telling me about earlier where Oh, the the neighborhood one? The neighborhood one. That's so isn't that awesome? That's a great story. Yeah, they're all like, "Hey, I'm watching the neighborhood UFO." It's like, <laughs> "Okay. Let's have a tiki party and watching UFOs." Right? Yeah, it's a it's a neighborhood watch, but I've uh, never I've never I've never seen anywhere that had a neighborhood UFO, except for Twainhart. And apparently here they they're here too. Hmm. But I personally witnessed the one multiple times the one in Twainhart, yeah. and it literally was like we were sitting on the deck watching it, and the neighbor comes by, he's oh you watching the neighborhood UFO? I'm like yeah. He goes oh enjoy it. Wow. I mean it's that it's like well, everybody's out there on their decks watching it. It's that time of night. Welcome to the neighborhood. Make and it sure wasn't, you put your trash out. And it wasn't. Here's the UFO. The other the other thing that's interesting is there's a spot up above Strawberry. And what's cool about that spot is that you don't realize it, right? But where we are now, we're not that far from Area 51. You had mentioned that before. Yeah, it, it's really not that far. Huh. So if you can get enough altitude, mm-hmm. right? Like one time we were up there, and this is above Strawberry. Mm-hmm. And by the way, stop by the big Bigfoot, uh, big carved Bigfoot at the Strawberry Store. It's back at the Strawberry Store. Uh It's this huge Bigfoot that's carved out of wood. Okay. Well, anyway, you go past that, go way up high. Yeah. If you can get it. So anyway, I was up there one night and I saw this light. There's a ridge line that that is between you and where Area 51 is. Mm -hmm. And I saw this light come up over the ridge going in here comes up the ridge right and then it goes straight across the ridge mm-hmm. and then it goes back yeah. down below the ridge and it comes back up over the ridge goes straight back and drops down again oh man that's spooky right and then and then about a half an hour later mm-hmm. I watched this light come up out of the ridge and an arc and it just went straight up and just continued going straight up straight up until yeah and they, I, back then, I didn't have goggles. Now my that you do goggles. have goggles, I see another uh, 
Another tour is involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you gotta you gotta stake it out up there for a while. Mm-hmm. But I've seen yeah I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff up there, and that's actually where I heard Bigfoot screaming. I don't know the best way to describe it, but I heard Bigfoot screaming. Can can you make that sound? Ah! But it's like far away. So. Yeah, it's this unholy scream. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I heard it up there. What you know? What would make a Bigfoot scream? I don't know if they're trying to communicate or what, but it just is a terrible sound. Because my understanding is, you know, Bigfoots do smell. That's, yes. That's a commonality. That's my understanding as well. But I've never heard of like what would make them scream. Oh, they scream. Huh. I've only heard it once or twice. No, I've heard it twice. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a person. It did not sound like a person at probably, all. Probably had a vocal range that was beyond ours. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. But, you know, the funny thing, you know, the, the strangest Bigfoot story I've ever heard since we've been talking Bigfoot. Let's do it. I, and I, I was telling Dave about this last week, but I don't think you've ever heard it. In the, in the Bay Area, there's a series of islands, right? There's Alcatraz, which everybody knows, and mm-hmm. haunted, incredibly haunted. Right. Right. But everybody goes to Alcatraz, but there are other islands too. Hmm. And one of them is called Angel Island. And Angel Island is very big. It's much bigger than, than Alcatraz. Still not that big. Okay. okay. But it's an island in the middle of the bay. And one of the interesting things about it is that it used to have a Nike missile silo on it. Because the whole the whole Bay Area is covered in Nike missile silos. Yeah. They even even inside the San Francisco Zoo, they had a Nike missile. There's a really Yeah, there's a Nike silo inside the San Francisco Zoo. They're everywhere. And they were all controlled by this this crazy tower on top of Mount Umanum. They were either out by San Jose at the top of the the mountain. It's a mountain. Okay. And there's this like four story tall uh, rectangular concrete building. I've seen that. Yeah. And you can see yeah. it from you can see it from anywhere in the bay. Yeah. Well that's Mount Umanum. And that was on top of that was a huge dish and that controlled all the Nike missiles for the whole area. Or up by Marin, there's a mountain up there. Okay. Mount Whitney. And it, they had one up there, but now that one's controlled by the FAA, so you can't go there. Hmm. Anyway so Angel Island, um, there's nothing there. Like it, it was kind of people who were trying to emigrate into the United States. They used it kind of like um, the island in, uh, oh, in New, Ellis. New York, Ellis Island. Yeah. It was kind of like Ellis Island for the West. Okay, and it has some buildings for that. Okay. But it's a legit island, and you know you you can't walk over there. You you know there's sharks, and you don't have to swim. Right. There's a, there's a lot of water in the way. They had a Bigfoot sighting on that island. They really. Multiple times. That, are, are there like uh, you know plant life there? Is there? Oh yeah. Where can he hide? No, it's you can't, not a, you it's can't not hide a, anywhere. It's not there's trees. Rock. I mean, okay. there's some trees. But how did he get there? It's an island. Yeah. So perhaps you know most animals can swim. You know maybe old yeah, but there are sharks. Swim. There are sharks in the bay. Yeah, but if you're Great a shark, are you gonna you gonna you're going to attack anything that moves the right way. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he... A great White versus Bigfoot. I think the Great White's going to win. I, I don't know. Bigfoot could it's probably... a big shark. Big shark, but, you know, Bigfoot could probably... That's true. I mean, let's say there was a battle between a Bigfoot and a Big Shark. Big White Shark. No, you know, you know the battle I want to see is is the, the giant, the super giant squid versus the blue whale. Oh, man. Have you seen have you seen that where they found they had the blue I think it was a blue whale, blue whale. or a sperm whale and it had scars 
yes. from where the giant squid had wrapped the tentacles around it. I saw that. I'll that never, is unreal. I'm never going to the ocean again. That's, oh, you got to go to the ocean. Well, but I mean, you're talking the Laurentian abyssal here. I mean, you have to go way down there to get that. True. Um, but you know, there's so many. Like, my understanding is that the the bottom of the ocean is less, you know, explored than our own solar system, right? Oh yeah. You know, that's legit. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, they're still finding all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. But still, the Bigfoot on an island. How Bigfoot, does that work? Yeah. I mean, and especially a military island with buildings. Well, it's not anymore. But, I mean, how does that? How do you get a Bigfoot there? I, you know, I, I, think, I'm, uh, I think I'm quizzed. Well, because, so, go well, ahead. Well, no, I, no, what I'm, do you think? Okay, so I, I do think that it is, you know, old Biggie's going to take a swim, right? And maybe he's lucky, right? Maybe there's 50 Bigfoots that try maybe to get rafted, <laughs> right? Like a like a ring t- a ringtail lemur yeah. to Madagascar. Bigfoot sure. is hanging Big Ten, and he's uh, surfing over there. <laughs> Bigfoot's hanging Big Ten. <laughs> I I mean I'm just thinking that that's I, like by Big Sur, man, not in the Bay. <laughs> well, so I had this conversation with Dr. Alan Greenfield. Mm, okay, and Dr. Alan Greenfield thinks that he went through a dimensional portal. Because he he believes, and, and I do to some extent too, mm-hmm. but he believes a Bigfoot is a, what he what is called an ultra terrestrial. So so a being that goes between dimensions, dimensions, sp- parts of space. So with that, you don't really know, but they yeah they have an unlimited capability to so, move through the universe. So maybe that's time why and space. you know people aren't really able to see them because exactly. we're not programmed to see them. Not just we're not programmed, they can manipulate time and space. So they just blink out. So if somebody's coming up, uh, you know, the Squatch Hunters say, right. and he's like, hey, I'm out of here. Pretty I'm much. Gonna, I'm going to go on, on this island. But it also explains why every photo of him is blurry. Ah. Because right. he's not 100% corporeal. Doesn't ex- so, doesn't exactly exist in, in this dimension. So maybe... He's yeah. out of phase. Okay, so out of phase, maybe that goes back to my thoughts on wavelengths. wavelengths. Exactly. Right. So he's, you know, with our own visual, um, <clears throat> you know, wavelength, he is partially there. Right. And partially. He's there enough so that with our our very poor eyes, which we have very poor eyes. Right. He's there enough so that we can see him mm-hmm. clearly. We could sense him probably, but not. Yeah. But but once you get to photography, that uses wavelengths, light energy in a different way. Do you, do you think that a um, a thermal ca- thermal camera could see him? I would imagine, because that I, I would suspect that that would gotta try it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, get yourself a, uh, oh, a flare flare. Yeah, I used to live next to their uh, their uh, campus. Oh, flare's awesome. Yeah. You know, when I was on UFO hunters, mm. they uh, they were doing the Tracy UFO thing. Oh. And okay. so I'm up, I'm up in Liver, up in the hills behind Livermore, where all the, the, uh, the wind turbines are. Oh, okay. It's just covered with these wind turbines, right? And so they, they were overlooking Livermore Labs, mm-hmm. like they were going to see something at Livermore, right? They're going to see nothing at Livermore, right? But they brought, they talked to Fleer, and Fleer has this RV. Yeah, okay. and it is completely covered in FLIR cameras. In fact, it has a telescopic FLIR camera <laughs> that goes up about 30 feet, and it's 
omnidirectional, like they can move it. Oh, wow. And you sit inside this lovely RV, yeah. these comfy couches, and they have an, like an entire wall of monitors. What? I got to find, you know, I, I'm going to talk to Dave about it. We, we've been talking about, so they have a, here at the dome, mm-hmm. right? We're in the bunker, but out deep, back. Deep below the earth's surface. Yes, but out, out back, we even feel the heat from the center of the earth. But out, out back, they have a big field. And I, I keep telling Dave, I'm like, Dave, we got to do a big sky watch. Mm-hmm. And if we can do, if we can get enough people to come, mm-hmm. we can get Flair to bring the Flair RV. <clears throat> hmm. Because I think I could get Flair to bring the RV if there's enough people. That would be. So just looking at the, the field there, it's dark. It's terribly dark. Yeah. It's and it's secluded and uh let's do a c5 you know let's let's bring let's get out there and and get a bunch of people and Mm -hmm. and try to manifest from ufos and yeah but i think if i can get enough people to show up to commit to show up Mm -hmm. i think i could get flair to bring the flair rv now that that would be right yeah because i i used to actually use a a flare oh yeah flare is great it is weird how it could see the heat signatures from very far away. Oh yeah, which I don't know oh, why. Yeah. That, that's really hard for me to comprehend. I know it's still wavelength because of heat. And and the Flare RV, if I recall correctly, it has a, it has panels on the side, so you can open pop the panels on the side. Yeah, it's got screens outside too. Is it like a party bus or something? You it's a it huge had... RV. Huh. It's not a party bus because it's covered with flare cameras and monitors and computers and oh, stuff. It'd be a but, party for me. I dig. Well, that. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I think I think people who like that kind of stuff, I think they really get a kick out of it. Well, they 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 live not far from me, about a half an hour away. Oh, flare. Uh huh. I think I could get flare to do it, but I think I think I need I need a critical mass of people. Hmm. I mean, five people showing up is not. Yeah. Gonna cut it. Yeah. You have to figure out uh, some kind of compelling, you know. Well, email event. me. Email me. It's Olav, O-L-A-V, at A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E-S dot net. Tell me you'll come. Find me on Facebook. Message me. Tell me you will show up. Maybe there'll be a pop-up tiki bar. Captain Tiki Show on Instagram. Let me know you'll come. Yeah. Because I think if I can get enough people. Soup the Bishop will be there. <laughs> What I need is is I need to I need to make them feel like it's a good marketing event. Mm-hmm. But I think there's enough weird stuff in the sky here. I think we could really have a lot of fun with it. We should be do, we should be doing sky watches anyway. Right. I mean, sky watch sounds- sponsored by K A D L P and the Enigma or with Captain Tiki and mm-hmm. Captain Dave. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I, we should. I, I think you need to catalog this stuff because everything oh, that yeah. you've told me. It sounds like it's, you know, it is what people have been talking about, but there should be some kind of book. But they or... don't talk about it here. Do, do you think it's just because um, it's fallen out of favor with some folks? No, I, I think it's because it's because there are other places that are more famous for it. So why would they be more famous? I mean, this, this place is kind of cool. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, you said that uh, a, a TV show had come here at one point and checked oh, out. Oh, yeah, Ghost Adventures Ghost came Adventures. to check out the Tuolumne Memorial Hospital. And what was the result of that? Super haunted. I'm trying to figure out how to get in there. Yeah. I want to actually broadcast the show from in there. 
Yeah, because you were with me when we we did the Damish uh, Hospital, right? No. Oh, when we went under the that was spooky. Yeah. Um, we did we did the ghost hunting under the Damish uh, Psychiatric Hospital because uh, they had these uh, access tunnels underneath. Okay. But I suspect that the place out here would have something similar. You know, if if they allowed the ghost hunter folks in there, mm-hmm. why not you? Yeah, and and I got a local radio show. Yeah. No, I want to actually broadcast a show from inside there. <laughs> I, I like Dave says he'll do it, so yeah. I get the two of us in there. Maybe you know we have some we have some local ghost hunting groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe Time get to, one in to to investigate while we're in there. You know, because I think the basement to- is still I think the basement's still unoccupied. Okay. And that's where they store the bodies, so I think that's probably where I want to be. So you want to start a, a Go Haunt Me uh, fundraiser, right? <laughs> go Haunt Me. <laughs> I don't need a fundraiser. I just need access. Okay. I'm here to help. I've got lots of terrible ideas. <laughs> go go Haunt Me? That's pretty funny. Yeah. Copyright Olaf. No. <laughs> no. But, but you know, I, I want to – I one of the things that I want to do with the show is to do things like that. Go out mm-hmm. – in broadcast from the forest, like trying to talk to Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I mean, some of the adventures that you and I have been on. Oh, yeah. Those are some of my favorite adventures, right? Yeah, they were fun. I mean, yeah. it's it's not, it's... And why not, of, why not bring the audience? Exactly. So, you know, have a have a day of it, right? Have a, a, a potluck and a, a, a potluck and a poltergeist. A potluck and a poltergeist. I like that. <laughs> Well, you know, over in Colombia, especially, there's haunted uh, restaurants. So maybe, you know, you could, uh, you know, work with the re- restaurant owners, you know, after hours. Yeah. Um, have a have a special dinner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, you know, sandwich with Sasquatch. I would love to have a sandwich with Sasquatch. Right. You'd probably eat it and yell at you at the same time. I'm, I I go back to what I saw when they stood on the top of the peak. Yeah. They weren't quite at the peak, but it was just below the peak. Right. They just kind of looked around for a while. Like like they're looking out for something, like making like, sure no one would see? I, I, I don't know. That. Was it that nobody would see or they just were like looking at the view going, wow. Yeah. And then they descended into the crevasse. Yeah. And at that point, it's it was over. It's just. But I mean, we had been watching them for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't climb up it that fast. No, no. And it, I don't know if it was that time or the time afterwards. I remember seeing the uh, the orb that came down. Oh yeah. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, what what am I looking at here? And it went around a tree. And for some reason, well, that that was after that was at night, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. just spooked me out. Yeah, because that orb was shooting through the forest. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. It was shooting yeah. through the orb. I, I forgot and it's, about it. And it right coiled now. around it, I think. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, it's coiling around a tree right. seven, seven miles distant. It's like, it's time for me to go home. <laughs> yeah. I think I, if I recall, you were like, I got to go to bed. <laughs> I'm going over to the cabin. I'll see you later. That's right. That's right. I, I know when to call it quits. <laughs> I, I don't want to be on one of those. Have a cocktail uh, and call it quits. I don't want to be on one of those missing 911 ghost hunter you know that, kind of thing. That kind of happened to me once when I was yeah. in college. Okay. Yeah, so the guy, this is a long time ago, but the guy was the handyman kind of maintenance guy for the apartment complex. He knew I was into UFOs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so one day <clears throat> he slid this um, like a newspaper article under my door. 
Mm. And it was about this mass UFO sighting. I went to UC Davis. So the next town over is Dixon. Mm. And, you know, they have some cool stuff in Dixon, you know, but it's mostly just, you know, farms and stuff. I mean, they had cattle mutilations there back in the 70s and the 80s. Because they have a lot of cattle. In fact, the funny, well, that's another story sometimes. The, yeah, the but, word funny and cattle mutilation don't seem to go together. No, no, no. It wasn't about cattle <laughs> mutilation. It was actually about a CIA radio transmitter. But they, mm. there's a CIA. So the primary broadcast site for the Voice of America, which was a CIA-funded radio station, mm-hmm. the primary West Coast broadcast tr- transmitter was in Dixon on on radio radio station road. And they had an arrow that, yeah, it's supposed to be secret. They had an arrow that pointed at it. Like like that could be seen from aircraft? or No, no, no. Oh, it was like on the street. Oh, geez. Yeah, but now now the building is st- still there. Mm-hmm. The antenna no longer? The transmitters, the antennas, everything is still there. But it's owned by a cattle rancher. And they, they have cattle walking through the transmitters or through the antenna farm. Yeah, it's pretty funny. We got in there once and, and we got to walk around and see. the. Tra- it's completely intact. I mean, it's trashed, but you could get it back running. Right, you can't trust those cows. <laughs> but apparently, Dixon has special, like proper. The ground has special properties that allow it to transmit better. So, like a reflector of sorts, some kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so we were out. You know, so th- basically, they had had this massive UFO sighting the night before. Huge, cigar-shaped UFO that was running down the railroad tracks through the center of town. And the entire police force, including people off duty, they called them on duty. <laughs> They're all chasing this thing down the road. Yeah. Right? Okay. Before it just like shot up in the air and disappeared. Hmm. And everybody in Dixon saw it. So I had no idea. I'm in Davis. So the guy tells me, oh, yeah, yeah. I found him. I'm like, what is this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm over in Dixon. You know, you got to check this out. Yeah. So the next night I go over there, right, mm-hmm. with the girlfriend. We're, we're in my Ford Aspire Aspire Tic Tac, and we're driving. We drive out into the cornfields, yeah. And we're sitting on the hood, and we're watching this thing. We watched, I think, fourteen or fifteen of them dogfight for I don't know an hour or two. Really? Yeah, they were dogfighting, and then they would like make shapes. So these lights in the sky are making like squares and circles and triangles. So it's like, I mean, obviously drones weren't a thing back then. But no. Like, what, what drones do now? Making shapes in the sky. Right. You this is thought, high speed. High speed. Oh, okay. Very so, high speed. So, like 90 degree turns. Okay. So, how do you explain that to I have a, no idea. So, they, they're going on and on and they're dogfighting. You know, they're dogfighting. Yeah. Right. And so, eventually, two of them come down. And again, there's a lot of radio mass in Dixon mm-hmm. because the properties there make it really great for broadcasting shortwave and, and radio. Mm hmm. So, so these two come down, and they're running laps, like wind sprints, between these two radio towers. These two radio towers are probably 10, 12 miles apart. Oh, so they man. go down and come back, go down and come back, go down and come back, go down and come back. Okay. And when they go down, they'd roll over and come back, roll over like this. Really? I'm, I'm taking my hand and rolling it over. Flipping, flipping and flopping. Flipping and flopping. Mm-hmm. And in the moonlight, we could see the shape when it would roll over, and it was a triangle. So the the front is facing me. Right. So it's it's like this. Okay. The front, the tip of the triangle is coming toward me, then rolling over and then going mm-hmm. back. Okay. Okay. So, so we're watching this for a while. Yeah. 
right? As one would. As one would. And then it passed, and it had the whole spotlight in the nose. I was going to say, did it have the three lights? lights? Yeah, the three lights under the whole thing, right? Yeah. Goes past the second tower and keeps going toward me. (laughs) And then the other one passes the tower and keeps going towards me. And it's got the spotlight moving back and forth on the ground. Oh, man. And I looked at the girlfriend, and I said, I'm getting out of here. And she's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And so we jump in the car, and we're doing like 90 through these cornfields and these dirt roads going up and down, boom, boom, boom. And we got out to the end, and we got on the freeway, and we punched it. Yeah. And drove 15 minutes back to Davis, and we were like locking the doors. And Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, how terrifying. It was like it was actually terrifying. It was like being in the twilight zone. Now, why you, you, you think about this? They're going rapidly. Why didn't they just catch up with you and uh, you know, but they weren't going rapidly. Oh, okay. They were up in the sky when they were dogfighting. Right, but when they're they're coming after you, you just didn't Slow. want to wait around. I was not going to wait out. Yeah, most likely they're just trying to get rid of you. I it's was like, not waiting around to find out. <laughs> like, I did see one at low speed though that flew over my head. That that would be terrifying. And it's same same it location. It was not ter- no. It was in the Sonol Valley. It was not terrifying. Yeah. It was just really bizarre. Hmm. You know, it's one of those things that people always say. Well, you saw a UFO. Did you take a photo of it? And it's like, well, no. Well, why not? Because your mind is so blown when you see it uh-huh. that you can't even comprehend the idea that you should take a photo. It, and by the, I suspect by the time you think about taking a photo, it's, it's already gone. done. It's yeah. gone. It's gone. Hmm. Yeah. So I saw one that was larger than a football field. And there was like a like a fog layer at the top of the hills. Okay. They call it the marine layer. It's pretty common. And so I saw it descend below. It was a triangle. And mm-hmm. I could see the rivets in the panels because it was silver. And did it? It was gunmetal. By chance, did it did it do the uh, what is it called the, uh, the the manipulation of the, uh, the the air around it? No, it just smoothly came down, really, and kept going from huh. east to west. Huh? And I thought I'm driving fun? I'm driving 80 miles an hour at like yeah. two in the morning. Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm gonna try to get a, f- a f- photo, but I'm gonna crash the car because I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And if I pull over. Somebody's gonna take me out. Oh, because it because I'm no, parked on the side of the road. Yeah, you're not you're not in a good place to do it. No, very bad place to do it. Where I should have recorded it, and in Dixon we didn't take anything hmm. because we were convinced that we weren't gonna see anything. The big sighting was the night before. So, yeah, you think that everything has already happened? Why why even try again? So the next night. In Dixon, the next night, mm-hmm. we tell everybody. So we get a big crew to go out there. We got video cameras. Oh, no. My friend was an atmospheric scientist. He had, like, like equipment. Yeah. Nothing. It, it, Not a thing. That, oh, man. And you can't. And I said you can't predict it. Yeah, you can't predict it. You didn't know it was going to happen in the first place. But if you do want to float a balloon, mm-hmm. even at lower altitude, or mm-hmm. fire a rocket... So you know Skinwalker Ranch? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. There's an Airbnb two kilometers from that place yeah. where you can run a campsite. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I still have all my gear. <laughs> I say we float a balloon with cameras pointing at there. So that was 
that was one of the things when <clears throat> we went out to Matt Adams, I wanted to build a light platform to, you know, kind of like, a, you know, close encounters of the third yeah, kind. Yeah, I gotcha. Because I was thinking, you know, how best to communicate with someone from out of this world, right? Right. You know, light, they would understand light. They would understand frequency. Again, I'm going to be talking about frequency. You know, so I actually had one built, but it was kind of for Burning Man. But it would it would work here, too. And if you were a, if you were an alien, the best place to land would basically be Burning Man. Because it's like, yeah, you see the alien? I don't know. I'd be afraid of Burning Man. I, you know what? Everybody would be like, yeah, I saw the alien. He's cool. He stopped by our camp. He he drank a mai tai and then he went on he went on his way, and nobody would be nobody freaked out because everybody's freaked out. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that uh, that was my plan is to build a light platform that I could elevate at. You know, well, you know, I got a I got a good spot. Yeah. I got a couple good spots for your light platform. Why don't you? So what what the listener may not know is that Chris is actually from Oregon. So why don't you build your light platform and you come back down here and then we'll do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll just get on my wagon and, uh, and make sure I don't get dysentery and <laughs> work my way on down here. Nice. <laughs> you know, I have it on my phone. Do you? I have Oregon Trail on my phone. <laughs> I have contests with my girlfriend over Oregon Trail. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was. No, it's good. It's just like playing it on my Apple IIe. So does it still play the same? Yeah, it plays the same. <laughs> Oregon Trail on my phone, right? I mean, no, you're you're all you're all hyped up on Rananautica. I'm, you know, I'm trying to work it. I was gonna. It's liminal. It, it 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 helps. You know what it really does? I didn't want to talk about liminality, yeah, because that's a whole show in and of itself, yeah. But what it does is it it helps to locate and generate liminal space. So, I, okay, so I was gonna put in like sparkly red pedicure. And see if that would, you know, show up. Right? Sure. Put in whatever you want. Hmm. But remember, it might be metaphorical. Okay. Hmm. So what, what we did in Seattle yeah. is we, we put in, we thought, Secret Chiefs. Right. Which is a, that's a, a thing that's, illum- they're supposed to be like uh, <clears throat> mystical Masters, you know, ascended masters kind of thing. They're called the secret chiefs. So we put it secret chiefs. It led us to this weird, this weird like college. Yeah. In, in Seattle. Okay. It's a weird like private college in Seattle, real small, Mm -hmm. not far from Puget Sound. All right. And we pull up and the car in front of us has a 93 on the parking, on the, um, and, 93 was the number is the of, number of the secret yeah. chiefs. It was on it was the license plate was was something like S S C T 93. Like secret 93. Secret 93. Yeah. I told you it helps you find it helps to construct and find liminal space. Hmm. It's real weird. I don't know how it works. I'm I'm going to fire it up once we're done here and uh, yeah, see do what it. I can see. All right. Well, that being said, it's the end of the show. I know you're so sad. Ooh. Hold on. I have a theme for the end of the show. Ready? Mm-hmm. It's in here somewhere. <laughs> Click the button. No, it's it got this thing where it, it, it loops because it, it's slow. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks for listening to the show. You're listening to the – here we go. 
Yeah. yeah. You, you know what this is. There's only one show from the 80s. You know exactly what this is. I'm just going to enjoy it. Just enjoy it. It's four minutes of love. <laughs> three, three minutes, 42 seconds. All right, so you've been listening to the Enigma Hour with Captain Tiki and Captain Dave. Dave's out tonight. He was out there building out. Well, I'm going to turn that down a little bit. Yeah, B- building out uh, and helping set up uh, Bigfoot Fest up in Twainer. Check it out. It's uh, it's this weekend, 25, 26, 27. Big symposium on the 27th. Come by the KADLP table. Me and Dave will be there giving away pens. We have pens um, and and other stuff. Uh, I burned some uh, some stuff. Yeah, come by. Say hi to say hi to Sasquatch in, in his UFO. But uh, yeah, stop by and you, you know, help support the station KADLP 103.5 FM, Sonora, California. And uh, thanks for listening. Aloha.